The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of myself and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by this podcasting platform. The following content is controversial and might be disturbing for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call and all future calls, you may begin speaking now. Have you ever heard of the term she kissed a lot of frogs to get to her prince? I'm sure you have. Well, that was me. At 43 years old, I've had my fair share of failed relationships, situationships, meaningless connections. So about two years ago, I decided I was just going to embrace the single life and continue building my brand and creating a legacy. I never saw myself being married and definitely, definitely not to an inmate. But life is tricky, huh? Okay, guys, so before we jump into today's episode, it's time for the cocktail of the day. Today's cocktail of the day is called Killer Kazi. And yes, it is the traditional kamikaze. Guys, this used to be one of my favorite, favorite drinks when I first started <laughs> drinking. But today we're going to take a martini tumbler. We're going to take one and a half ounces of vodka of your choice, which of course my choice of vodka is kettle one. We're going to take one ounce of triple set, one ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice, and we're going to take some lime wedges for garnish. Now what we're going to do is we're going to fill our shaker up with ice and we're going to pour in the vodka, the triple set, and the lime juice, and we're going to shake. I typically shake about 65 seconds to get it really, really good and chilled. After we finish shaking, we're going to strain our delicious killer kazi into our martini tumbler, and we're going to garnish it with the lemon wedge. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the cocktail of the day. It's delicious. I hope you guys Enjoy it. Hi, guys, and welcome to episode 15 of season two. I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful day. As we speak right now, I am actually sitting at home and I am recording, but I am also recording myself um, via visual as well, trying to get a gist of how this is going to come off. This is super, 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 super awkward right now. Um, camera's not really angled really good. The lighting kind of sucks a bit. Um, and I got my raggedy clothes on, which is cool because I'm in the comforts of my own home, which makes this perfect for me. Online shopping, online podcasting. I mean, it's it's perfect. But today's episode, we're going to talk about asking for permission. <laughs> when you are in a relationship with someone incarcerated. Now, I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. But this is my question, guys. Do you ask for permission to do certain things? Do you ask your spouse that's incarcerated? And the reason why I'm asking is this is, was an awkward moment for me. I was I was telling my husband, like, you know, hey, I'm thinking about going to XYZ um, out of town just for some R&R. &R. I just want to totally, like, isolate, be by myself, and just chill, relax, get in some water, have some good drinks, and I want to rest. And when I asked him that, well, I didn't ask him. When I told him that, his response was, I don't know how I feel about you going somewhere out of town totally by yourself. And, you know, then he was just asking me, like, well, where would you stay? When are you trying to go? When are you going to leave? <laughs> Basically, what's your flight number? What time you depart? What time do you arrive? What time do you come back? And... I was tripping, right? Because I was like, I really wasn't asking if I could go. I was kind 
are like telling you that's what I was going to do and what I wanted to do. And then I had to think about it like, okay, so I know in relationships, you know, the respectful thing to do is to, I guess, let your partner know, you know, if you're deciding to do certain things like, hey, I'm going to go run here. Hey, I'm thinking about going out with the girls. Hey, you know, da 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 da. But I guess because I have been single for a good minute, um, and even when I was dealing with people, had friendships and things like that, I never just really asked uh, nobody could I do anything. I've been doing my own thing for a long time. So I was like, oh, I forgot. (laughs) Not only am I in a relationship, but I have a husband. So I started thinking like, oh my gosh, so... Am I supposed to, like, ask him, is it okay if I do certain things? Am I supposed to, like, you know, let him know every move that I make? Like, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I'm an adult, you know? So it kind of started bothering me because I really couldn't understand, like, what were the parameters around and what were the do's and the don'ts? Now, being that he's incarcerated, that really, like, makes it a bigger issue for me because I'm really sitting here trying to figure out, am I supposed to like really ask this man, is it okay? I mean, if he say no, what can he do? Like he can't come double check to make sure I am what I where I am. And I mean, technically when he calls me, I could really pretend I'm anywhere. So I really was like thinking to myself, like, okay, how does this really work when you are in a relationship with someone incarcerated? You know, when it's things that you want to do, when you want to go out of town, even purchases, when it's things you want to purchase, I'm purchase new car, possibly purchase a new home, um, purchase some new jewelry. Like, how does that work for you guys? Like, do you call do you ask do you email do you now I will say this I do typically um say things to him like well what do you think about this but that's really pertaining to business like I'll ask him like what does he think about this idea how does he feel about this um if I'm prime example I just decided that I wanted to start a t-shirting printing um business and so I have been thinking about it for about two weeks and I ended up basically emailing him like okay I'm thinking about doing this I'm thinking about naming this naming it this I'm thinking about purchasing and investing money in this equipment and this equipment so I can teach myself this 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 and this and then I gave all the pros for you know starting this business alongside of everything else I have going on how we can coincide how we can work even when it comes to my own personal merch for my own businesses I wouldn't have to pay anybody to produce these products for me um for this merchandise for me so I was telling him all these things and asking him what did he think now I'm cool with that (laughs) I'm totally cool with that my mapping brainstorming all of the above together is a wonderful thing but I really just wondered like do I actually when I want to do certain things like like if I just want to get up and just say hey I want to go to dinner tonight or hey you know I'm thinking about going out like do you are you supposed to say hey babe you know what do you think about Da, 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 da. or hey babe you know I was thinking about going out with the girls tonight or hey you know I was thinking about spending the night you know at such and such house for a slumber party or hey you know like how does that work when you are in a prison relationship I'm not talking about the relationships where you know your you and your spouse are living together and things like that because I do know respectfully you are supposed to you know let your spouse know different things and certain things I do know some people have certain rules in their household you know you don't want your make to be out two three four five o'clock in the morning some things are just totally disrespectful totally unacceptable but when you're dealing with someone incarcerated how does that work how do you ask permission to do the norm certain things that you normally do and I mean are you honest about going different places and doing different things if they say they don't like it I mean like when he told me he wasn't you know, he didn't know how he felt about that. Um, 
I respected his response, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't think it would have changed my mind of me doing something because I've been doing my own thing for so long. And I guess it never dawned on me like, damn, like, I guess I should have asked him how he felt about it or asked him, was it okay? I don't even know. Is is that a question? Do you ask another grown person? Is it okay (laughs) if you go out of town? How does that work? I mean, help your girl out prison relationship outside relationship I feel like it's totally different when it comes to this um because we're not technically in the same household together just yet but it's a question and I I started to ask him how he felt about that does he think that that's you know something that you know he would you know require from that oh my god require I mean these words permission require asking just just this is different for me. This is totally different for me. And it didn't dawn on me until I made that statement to him about really wanting to go out of town, really wanting to just do a, you know, relax, relaxing, recharging, um, trip for myself while I'm by myself. You know, I have been, I, I feel like my everyday life, is being invaded. You know, I need to be alone. I want to be by myself. Every aspect of my life right now, the the places that were private to me, the places where I could get my my chi, my R&R, you know, meditate good, all of these places, these personal spaces now are, I feel as though they're being invaded, not like in a negative way, but I'm sharing my space, all my personal spaces with different people and I need a break from everybody. So this is what I was trying to explain to him what I really was thinking about doing. And I just, I'm telling him this is what I'm going to do, but not thinking like, oh, um, do I tell? Or, you know, do I ask? Do I ask what does he think? You know, when it comes to my movements. So this is something that I'm really like curious as to how, you know, you guys move. Like I said, even in your relationship when someone is um not incarcerated, but just a normal relationship, I do understand certain, you know, respects and rules and, you know, different things like that. But seriously, are you supposed to ask permission to do certain things when you have a spouse that's incarcerated? What is the respect level when that happens? Um, Are you honest about it? Do you tell them everything that you're doing that you want to do? Do you not do that because of where they are? Um, Do you not do it? Now, now I will say this. When I had friends that were incarcerated, and I mean like personal friends, not like friends I was sleeping with or messing with or anything like that. I can remember my friend Nap when he first went to prison long time ago. He did 15 years. And I used to feel bad when he would call me, like if I was at a restaurant or at a club or someone kicking it somewhere, having fun, because I knew he couldn't do that. So I would just try to like step out or, you know, get somewhere where it's really quiet because I just felt bad about that. So do you not tell your spouse certain things because you know it's certain things they can't do? You know, do you feel bad that they can't do it? So you try to kind of keep those type of things to yourself because even with my husband, sometimes, I hate telling him like, you know, hey, yeah, we went here for dinner. We went there for dinner because, you know, the bullshit he's eating in prison, you know, is nothing compared to what I'm having out here in the free world. And so I don't like to throw things in his face. So some of the times I don't tell him certain things just because, you know, I don't want to like taunt him like dangling us meat in front of his face. But when it comes to wanting to do certain things, wanting to go out of town, wanting to go out, you know, at night with your friends, kick it at clubs, you know, wanting to make big purchases, whether it's a car, whether it's another credit card, whether it's clothes, you know, do you ask? Do you actually ask? Do you ask? Now, if the money's shared, the money's tied together, do you ask? If the money's not shared and tied together, but this, you guys are building something, like now you are a unit, you are as one. What's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. Do you ask? So that is my topic of the day, guys. This is a question for you guys out there. Do you ask permission to do things to your 
spouse that's incarcerated do you ask permission do you ask them if it's okay that you go certain places out here in the free world is it okay if you make certain purchases um i know if you have kids together certain things do have to be discussed about but do you do you feel like they have a say so now that they're incarcerated how does this work for you guys that is my topic of the day that is my question of the day Thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining me today on episode 15 of season two. Having a spouse incarcerated isn't easy. You go through a lot emotionally, mentally, and it can become a financial burden as well. Fed Up Wives is my nonprofit organization that's set to help wives and families of federal incarcerated inmates. We provide counseling, emotional support, and financial assistance for inmate phone calls, postal correspondence, visitation expenses, and back-to-school assistance. To contact us, email fedupwives.org at gmail.com or call 404-543-8688. Now back to the show. All right, it is time for the story of the day. This is going to be a short story. This story is a W for me. This is a win for me. I want to share this amazing story with you guys because if you have been with me from day one, you will understand why this is a win for me. From the beginning of Wetlock Chronicles podcast, I told you guys about the bologna sandwich saga, part one and part two. Part one almost ended my entire relationship. (laughs) My husband was so mad at me when I told him I was going to make bologna sandwiches for dinner when I got mad at him. And Lord knows I didn't mean it that way because I myself love bologna. Give me a fried bologna sandwich with cheese any day of the week. Sometimes I eat bologna sandwiches at least a couple of times out of the week. I love bologna, so I could never understand why this man got so mad about this bologna sandwich. I mean, he made it seem like I treated him like a straight animal. I had him tied up in a basement, in a leaky, wet basement, and I was doing electroshock therapy to him, making him eat bologna sandwiches, okay? The bologna sandwich almost ruined my relationship. (laughs) Yes, it did. And part two of the bologna sandwich, again, it it came up again. And I try to stay away from it. I try to stay away from the bologna sandwich conversations. I even be telling him like, oh, I had a good bologna sandwich today. And, you know, it just be, you know, me trying to be funny or whatever. But he likes bologna. He's tripping. I love bologna. But I got a W. I got a W. So (laughs) I tell him the other day how I had this really, really good fried bologna sandwich. I'm like, oh my God, baby. I had this fried bologna sandwich that was so good on Hawaiian bread with sunny side up eggs. And I had cheese, a little jelly. I was like, oh my God, baby, this this bologna sandwich was so good. Do you know? Do you know this man said to me, baby, I can't believe I'm about to say say this to you. I can't even believe I'm saying this. I ain't had a bologna sandwich since I was at the holding facility. He said, I actually miss bologna. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stop the press. Hold up. Bag it on up. We're going to rewind this thing back. Baby, I can't believe I'm about to say say this to you. I can't even believe I'm saying this. I ain't had a bologna sandwich since I was at the holding facility. He said, I actually miss bologna. What did you just say, sir? You miss bologna? (laughs) What? I could not believe it. I could not believe that this man literally told me, me, the person that was the evil wife who was going to feed him bologna because I didn't want to cook dinner because I would have been mad at him. And that's what would have happened. He said he missed bologna. He said my bologna sandwich sound like it was so good. And he has not, that means he hasn't had bologna in almost a year. He hasn't had bologna almost a year and he misses bologna. Do you guys hear me? 
He misses baloney. Baloney for the win. Baloney for the win. Oh my God. I just, I won. Baloney for the win. Baloney for the win. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> And I'm going to drag this for a while. But yes, guys, my husband actually said he missed bologna. I can't believe it. So if you guys have not heard the bologna sandwich saga, please go back. It's one of the first episodes that I did. Oh, my goodness. The bologna sandwich was the end all to be all for my relationship. But bologna has finally won. And that, guys, is my story of the day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening, for subscribing. This is episode 15 of season two. The meme of the day. Today's meme of the day is attraction is flesh. Connection is soul. And I 100% agree. I talk about this all the time about intimacy, how it is with your soul, with your spirit, with your heart is something that the flesh cannot give you. So I totally agree with today's meme. Attraction is flesh. Connection is soul. So ladies, self-care is so important now more than ever. That's why when it comes to my skincare, I use Clean Rituals Complete Serum. The benefits are impressive. Clean Rituals keeps your skin smooth, reduces signs of aging, gives you that radiant look, most of all maintains healthy looking skin. I love this serum, guys, and trust me, you will too. Aging is a fact of life looking your age is not. Visit cleanrituals.com and start your healthy skincare now. That's K-L-E-A-N-R-I-T-U-A-L-S.com. Now back to the show. You've got mail. Okay, guys, so let me dig in this bag and see what kind of questions or comments you guys have for me today. But I have a little treat for you guys. So I dug in this bag. I dug in this bag and I found some questions that you guys had for my husband. And guess what I did? I sent them to him and he responded. And so now we're going to start off the Q&As with the questions that you guys had for him. The first question was, how do you feel about your wife's podcast, about your relationship and your marriage? His answer was, oh my God, I absolutely love the podcast. Our relationship and the marriage is magical. Now, I had to send him back and say, babe, that wasn't the question. <laughs> so whoever you are, which I know who you are, but that was his answer. He didn't fully answer the second part of the question, but he loves the podcast. Our relationship and the marriage is magical. I will get the second part of that question, basically asking how do he feel about me telling our business? <laughs> so I'll get back to that question. The second question was, what is your favorite prison meal? His answer was, my favorite prison meal would have to be Tuesday chicken patty. Okay. The next question was, what do you love most about your wife's personality? His answer was, I love everything about my wife's person personality, but if I had to choose, I would say I love her craziness. But an hour after we discussed this new business venture I want to try, he said to change that to he loves my brain. Fourth question, what are prison no-nos? His response was disrespecting someone and never go out bad. <laughs> now, let me tell y'all, when I, oh my God, when I, when I, Read that answer. I bust out laughing. I was on the phone talking to my business partner because we were going over some things. And when I 
I I gave the answer. I was like, I don't even want to know what going out bad means. I can only imagine like, yeah, dude, don't, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Don't get fucked up and don't respond. Like, I have no idea what going out bad is, but I have an idea what never go out bad means. So that was his answer. Disrespect to someone and never go out bad. The fifth question was, what is the first thing you want to do when you are released? His answer was, the first thing I want to do is see my kids and my parents and then give my wife an overdose of orgasms. I said I wasn't going to read that answer, but hey, you you asked and you had to know that probably was what his answer was going to be. So those are the first five questions. I told you guys I was going to start breaking down some of the questions. I'm not going to ask everything that's been asked because I have tons and tons of emails. So now that I'm incorporating the questions and answers back into the episodes, I want to just take maybe five or six questions at a time. So those were his questions and believe it or not, he has more. I couldn't believe as I was sifting through, you know, a lot of the emails. Cause like I told you, I've been getting emails since January and I'm just really starting to get into reading a lot of them. I was really surprised. He actually has quite a bit of questions um, that were asked of him. Okay. So the next question or comment, which is for me is how do you feel about your mail being scanned? Okay, that's a good question. And actually, I did do an episode about this too. Um, I don't know if you guys know that the um, majority of the federal prisons now have, have they have a out, uh, out, they have outsourced a company that now has machinery where everything that you send to your loved one now is being scanned. The letters are being scanned, the um, cars are being scanned. If you mail in pictures, they're scanning your pictures. So what's happening is all your information is going into a database that they scan of you, your address, every, every piece of mail that you that you send to the prisons. When they scan it, they scan all your stuff into a database for one. Second thing is that they're not actually getting the original copy that you sent to them. So if you send in a card, I hate to say it, it's a waste of money because they're not getting the experience of opening a card, opening it up and looking at the physical card, reading the card, looking at the colors or anything like that. It's being scanned. So all they're getting is a one a one sheet of paper, probably eight by 11. And that is what your card results to. If you send pictures, they're scanning your pictures. They're not giving them the actual um, pictures. Same thing with your letters. Um, I did an episode where a guy was actually talking about how it takes away from the... Um, the experience you know he even broke it down to being able to feel the feel the ink onto the letters seeing the strokes of the pen strokes from what his wife did you know smelling the letter of her of her scent it just takes away from the originality of the actual letters um when they just get this scan copy and then they you know I, what they do with the originals i have no idea i do know that they're scanned in a database which i really have a problem with that because when someone becomes an inmate and they go into the prison system it's certain rights and um certain rights that they release you know to the prison um phone calls being taped and all this kind of stuff and actually when they call you there is a recording that explains to you that the phone call is being monitored and if you have a problem with that you don't have to take the call you can actually hang up if you have a problem with that but for a person who's mail is getting scanned that is something that i feel as though the people on the outside have not opted out to i have not given permission for the prison system to scan any of my information and i do feel like when you when you start to correspond um sending letters sending cards sending things like that i think the prison should let you know listen when you send these things in this is what's going to happen do we have your permission to scan your information to hold on to your information and they don't do that and i do feel like that's a violation of constitutional rights i'm not sure which one it is but i will find out i really don't like it um but to answer your question 
I don't like it. I don't I don't like the fact that my stuff is scanned in and saved within a database. Even after the person comes home, your information is still saved. Your address, everything about you is in this actual database, which could lead to all kind of other stuff. So, you know, it's a lot of inside things that are going on that are actually a violation. Like we're not the prisoners on the outside. So we're not subject subjected to having our stuff monitored. So I don't like it at all. Um Next question, a comment. What is one of the things you want to do for your husband when he comes home? Um, oh, that's a hard question. One thing I do know that I want to do, um, I would love to like take him like on a spa, excuse me, a spa retreat. You know, I feel like when he comes home, the amount of time that he would have spent in prison, sleeping on whatever the hell he sleeps on. I know it's not comfortable, you know, showering, you know, in in two seconds and not having, you know, uh, you know, that me time to yourself to lather up, you know, to really feel good to get that hot shower. So I would just really, I really want to take him like on a spa retreat. Um, like maybe Chateau Elan or something where we like spend a week and just straight get him pampered massage, you know, sauna, steam room, um, just different things like that. I rest one of the things I know for sure that I really, really, really want to do, do for him. Um, when he comes home is to just really take him somewhere where he can just get the 100% pampered um experience because i know he needs it i know he's really going to need it when he comes home and that is one of the things that i want to do for him thank you guys so much for submitting all your questions and your comments i love them i i've been saying it from day one i love the interaction i love you guys um expressing your feelings asking your questions um coming with your comments giving positive reinforcements like i love it please do not stop. If I don't respond to you on this platform, I will respond via email. Just give me some time. Like I said, I have over seven months of emails that I'm trying to get through. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much. And please continue, continue. There's no question that I will not ask. I promise you, I'm going to give it to you raw, uncut, real. Uh, I might laugh about it. I might even get mad about it. But if that's the answer that you, that I, that's for that question, you're going to get it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is episode 15 of season two. Babe. What's up, baby? I love you. Me too. Now it is time for the extra reports. That boy misses a bologna sandwich, first of all. Let's start it off with that. How cool is that? Bologna for the win again. Um, He's doing great, guys. He's doing great. His spirits are up. Um, His minutes are still up. We was just talking about how he has really got to get on this minute management with these phone calls because he be out of minutes five days and you know he gets so excited he talks to his kids he talks to his mom he talks to his sister his nieces he talks to me and he just be going 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 so he has got to really work on this and most importantly it's because when it's really time for him to call someone i really don't want him to be out of minutes you know this is a crazy world we live in anything can happen every day is something so he needs to be able to reach out to the world just in case so i really been trying to be on him um about this but outside of that he's doing good he's working out he's still working in the kitchen he said they call him every 15 minutes for the kitchen is getting on his nerves but he's doing what he has to do to make the best of it to come home um my husband has created some kind of sauce in there and it's called the extra sauce and he said that these people are going crazy about this sauce. I'm not going to share the ingredients, but I'm already trying to sit here and figure out how to create a mock-up bottle <laughs> for him to send it to him to see if he likes it. But outside of that, he's doing great. He's doing great. He's staying positive, um, super supportive. Like I said, me and him had a little rocky patch for the past couple of weeks. We are now getting back to normal. We're talking about things more, you know, more in depth, more deeper. 
Um, and you know, like yesterday I told him, I said, babe, I know sometimes you get so tired of me telling you, you know, just all the struggles of the day to day, you know, that I go through with just out here, you know, holding down everything I'm holding down, trying to make so much happen, you know, being there for people and just do all the things that I'm doing. I have a lot on my plate that I don't even talk about that I'm working on, but he told me yesterday, he was like, I could never get tired of hearing everything you have going on. I just, I'm just ready for you to win. And that meant so much to me because I'm ready to win too. But to know you got somebody out there who's rooting for you, who really wants you to win, it feels really, really good because, you know, you can be around people. I've been around people who didn't want me to win. I've been around people who wanted to be the biggest fish in the fishbowl. I've been around people who, as soon as I started coming into my lane and coming into, you know, what I was what I was destined to do and being great at it, just hated that I was winning at something. Um, and it, it's happened so many times in my life. So when you have genuine people in your life that really want to see you win and care about you winning and want nothing from you it's a great feeling it's such a great feeling but and I love him for that I truly truly love him for that but he is doing amazing he's just staying positive um you know, doing whatever he needs to do so he can make the best out of this time and come home. He definitely thanks you guys for all the love and all support. You know, I was telling him the other day how every time I do my episodes and I do the segment about him, you know, I always say how grateful he is and how thankful he is, you know, for you guys, for the support, for the positive uh, reinforcement, for, you know, for the uplifting. And he really, really genuinely appreciates it. And I do too. So thank you guys so much so much for the prayers the uplifting thank you guys for keeping me in your prayers as well I've needed them there's no lie I have been through a tough little tangy the past couple of um past couple of weeks past couple of months really with just you know life life changes needed to be made um and it just is what it is but outside of that he's doing amazing He's doing simply, simply amazing. So thank you guys so much again for tuning in and joining me on episode 15 of season two. When we talk about the golden age of serial killers, it all started in the early to mid 70s with this group of five. Like Gacy and 33 bodies under his house. Bundy traveling across the country. Raider terrorizing over decades and taunting law enforcement and the media. Jeffrey Dahmer, even today, we find his crimes to be on the extreme end of human behavior. Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, confessed to 71 murders over the course of several decades. Five of the most prolific serial killers in American history were all operating at the same time. It was easy for us in hindsight to say, well, why didn't that person get caught or why, why weren't people looking for them? I think we have to keep in mind historically the era. In the 70s in the United States was an innocent sort of place. You find this sort of trusting environment it was normal for people to just hang out with strangers and to hop in a strange cars. The murder of people in series has police departments across this country worried. Law enforcement didn't have a definition for serial killers. Those police officers back in the 70s just simply did not have the tools that law enforcement officers have now. Being able to quickly run a name in a database... That's something that didn't exist. There were no computers. No internet. No cell phones. No DNA. There were no surveillance cameras. Record keeping was in the back of everybody's drawer. We didn't yet have the 911 system. And these killers took full advantage of that. John Wayne Casey. Poor Bundy is still alive. BTK. Jeffrey Dahmer. Green River Killer. Coming this fall, Milk and Cereal, a true crime podcast where we talk about America's most infamous serial killers. Hosted by myself and my best friend, Farah. Join us every Saturday morning for Breakfast and Murder.
Today on a serious note, I want to talk about Albert Wood Fox, the Black Panther who spent decades in solitary confinement. Albert Wood Fox, a former member of the Black Panther Civil Rights Organization, known for spending almost half a century in solitary confinement in a Louisiana jail before campaigning prison reform, died on Thursday, which was August the 5th. He was 75 years old. Born in 1947 in New Orleans, Wood Fox died there from complications from the coronavirus, his family said in a statement. With heavy hearts, we write to share that our partner, brother, father, grandfather, and friend, Albert Wood Fox passed away this afternoon from complications caused by COVID-19, his family said. Whatever you call him, Fox, Shaka, or any of the other enduring nicknames, please know that your care and compassion sustained Albert through his remarkable remarkable 75 years, and we are internally grateful for that. The oldest of six siblings grew from a leader into a liberator. They added, inspiring the United States to think more deeply about mass incarceration, prison abuse, and racial injustice. Wood Fox had been a part of the Angola Three, a group of male inmates including Robert King and Herman Wallace, known for their long stretches in solitary confinement at the notorious maximum security Louisiana State Penitentiary, a former plantation using enslaved people that was turned into a prison known as Angola. The men said they believed they were targeted for institutional cruelty because of their political beliefs after they set up a prison chapter of the Black Panther Party at Angola in 1971. Wood Fox spent 43 years and 10 months in solitary confinement and is thought to have served more time in solitary confinement than any other prisoner in U.S. history, according to his attorney. He told the Washington Post in an interview in 2020, it had been a horrible experience. He said his mother and his association with the Black Panther group gave him eternal strength to endure and a purpose and self-worth to get through the unending isolation. In jail, along with King, Wallace, and others, he would study history and law, teach other inmates how to read and write, and play games made up in cells. They also organized strikes and protests about prison conditions, racial injustice, sexual abuse in jail, work hours, and clothing, he said. We dared to resist, he said. He added, we were very influential. They put me in a cell for the sole purpose of breaking my spirit, he told the Post. Our cells were meant to be death chambers. We turned them into high schools, universities, debate halls, and law schools. Wood Fox spent, I'm sorry, Wood Wood, Wood Fox was sent to jail in 1965 on an armed robbery sentenced and put into solitary confinement in 1972, accused of killing prison guard Brent Miller. Wood Fox consistently maintained his innocence in Miller's death. And Amnesty International and other human rights organizations having long decried the case against him and an evidentially flawed case. He was freed in 2016 on his 69th birthday, King was released in 20, I'm sorry, in 2001, and Wallace was released in 2013 and died days later of cancer. Wood Fox later published a memoir titled Solidarity, I'm sorry, Solitary, written with his partner, Leslie George, in 2019, where he documented his days confined into a tiny six by nine cell for 23 hours a day. It became a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize and for the National Book Award. I still had moments of bitterness and anger, but by the end, I had the wisdom to know that bitterness and anger are destructive, he wrote. I decided 
to I, I was dedicated to building things and not tearing them down. In the short part of his life spent outside the jail, he became an avid public speaker and a campaign and campaign for prison reform and racial injustice, stating that he did not want his mind to remain in prison. I think what I went through has made me a better man, a better human being, he told the Post. I've been asked a lot, what would I change in my life? And people are surprised when I say absolutely nothing. More than 80,000 men, women, and children remain in solitary confinement in jails across the United States, according to the American Friends Service Committee. That figure has probably substantially risen during the COVID-19 pandemic, says the nonprofit Penal Reform International, which documents the devastating mental and physical impacts of confinement and prolonged isolation. Wood Fox sought to share with others the mental and the emotional freedom he had found in himself and his triumph over profound inhumanity and degradation will forever change and energize us all, his family said. And that is all I have, guys, for on a serious note. Rest in peace, Mr. Wood Fox. Wow, he spent my whole life, my almost my whole entire life in solitary confinement. Reading it kind of got me a little uh, upset. I was kind of st- stumbling over words. Um, wow, wow. Thank you so much, Mr. Woodfox, for all the things that you've done for us, all the fighting that you've done. Um, wow. Thank you guys for joining me on this episode. This is episode 15 of season two. Rest in peace, Mr. Woodfox. Okay, so now it is time for my thoughts. Oh, I do not know about asking another human adult for permission to do human and adult things. I do respect my relationship. I do respect my marriage. I do respect my husband. I respect our union. I respect everything. Um, I've never had to get this deep before. <laughs> I've never had to get this deep before to actually ask um, for permission. Ask if it's okay to do things. Ask, ask if it's okay, um, you know, if, if it's okay to go certain places, go out of town. I don't know anything about this. I really, really, really don't. But I've asked you guys to give me your opinion. Tell me what you think. Um, and to be honest with you, when I when I think about it a little bit deeper, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot, out of respect, yes, I would want him to run certain things by me, say certain things to me um, if he was going to make certain moves excuse me um especially if it was going to benefit or affect our household um i think that is something that's very important that you discuss when it comes to your household comes to your money comes to you know big purchases and things like that yeah i'm learning i'm learning this this is totally totally new to me but it's different because this is a prison relationship this is not like we're living in the house together so you know it just it just threw me like I'm really trying to figure this out um and I'm really trying to figure out how to get comfortable with it because I promise you I'll be just saying what I'm gonna do (laughs) like I'm doing this I'm doing this I'm gonna go do this and I just never just think to say you know what um how do you feel about this? Only when it comes to business decisions do I do that. So that's why I'm asking you guys, help your girl out. Help me out to figure this out. Um, 
on another note, um, this is something that I really, 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 and I started to start out my episode with this, but I'm going to throw it all in here because these are my thoughts. I have been going on a journey, spiritual journey, detoxing my life. And although it has been challenging, I am definitely finding peace. I am finding a lot of peace. Um, there have been so many things that have taken place um, in my life in the past couple of months, you know, and when I say that, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I'm just struggling. I'm going through it. Life sucks. No, it's not that. It is because I am trying to change for the better because I want more because I'm going after more I do know that the devil stays busy especially when you are trying to get closer to God when you're trying to make you know the necessary changes one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because when I talk to these inmates and I talk about their stories and they tell me their stories and they talk about how God is so good to them and they talk about their faith and their hope it has definitely made me want to experience that relationship even more um with God you know I believe God I love God he is the head of my life everything but when I hear people that are totally totally helpless that have nothing but hope faith and prayer their relationship with God is on a different level than mine and I can honestly honestly say that and so that's another reason why I really wanted to take this time to go on this journey um getting closer with God learning the Bible more um reading more um isolating myself from all distractions because this is so so important to me um several things and I'm juggling you know I'm juggling with different brands different businesses and there's so many distractions going on in my life that I can't obtain and hold on to them the way that I want to so my focus has been off my energy has been off and I'm trying to get to that common ground so that I can just be my great self I am striving to be my great self um it's not anything personal against anybody I'm not being funny towards anybody I'm really doing this for myself and and part of the reason um another reason why a very very important reason why is a couple of weeks ago I got to the point where I couldn't breathe I couldn't breathe I was so overwhelmed with so much on my plate um feeling as if you know my my space my sanity my 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 sanctuary being invaded um a lot of up and downs going on within the whole entire situation um being so much to other people and not carving out that space for myself you know trying to fix everybody's problem which was you know putting more problems on me and I had a nervous breakdown. I really had a nervous breakdown. And this is like the most intimate, even outside of my relationship, all the things that I discussed, telling you my personal defeat is very serious to me. I had a nervous breakdown. I couldn't help it. I got so overwhelmed. I punched the wall. I messed my wrist up. Um... And I was in pretty bad shape for a couple of days because I was so angry. I I have, I have, I held a lot of toxic anger um, because all I do is just go. My therapy and the way I deal with things is I just keep moving. I don't cry over spilled milk. I just keep going. I just keep going. I just keep going. I just keep going. And for a person like me, who's the brick wall, the strong friend that everybody leans on, people rely on, people turn to. Eventually, a lot of that pressure will start making that foundation lean. It gets weak. It gets weak. It will fall, you know, and I had to step back and start to take care of myself. Um, it's very hard for me to be a selfish person. It's very hard for me not to try to be there for everybody and fix everybody's problems and figure out everything for everybody. 
on top of all the things that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build something here. You know, I'm trying to build a legacy for my niece and my nephew. I'm trying to have something, you know, that me and my brother can do together that our parents will be proud. I'm trying to, you know, take care of my mom the way she took care of me, you know, as a child, as a teenager. You know, I'm trying to pay it forward to her, you know, telling her, don't worry about anything. I got you. I'll take care of it from for here on out. All your bills, all your needs, all your wants. I got you. You know, um, having a husband incarcerated, you know, trying to make sure that I'm doing the right thing, trying to make sure that he's okay. You know, the the relationship issues, which everybody has, the up and down sometimes we go through, you know, um, it has been a lot. It has been a lot trying to maintain these brands, trying to figure out, you know, which one do I push more? Which one do I put more into? You know, which one do I just put on a back burner? How can I make it better? How can I make it better financially? Uh, what am I not doing? What do I need to be doing? Um, how do I get out here and get these, uh, get more resources? You know, how do I take everything to a bigger level, another level? What do I need to do? You know, and when I, come to all those questions it's when I need to be silent it's when I need to meditate it's when I need to pray so I've had so much stuff going on in my life this podcast is the one thing that gives me the opportunity to just be free to just talk to just focus on something else on helping someone else or you know knowing someone else's story and so as much as this journey is to talk about the love, to talk about the relationships, it has really been therapeutic for me as well because there are a lot of things that are on my chest, that I wear on my shoulders, that are on my back. Listen, for the past two weeks, I have had the worst back, shoulder, and neck pain that I've ever had in my life. And it's complete stress. It's complete stress. And it's really coming from a lot of decisions and choices that I've made that um, I put on, I put more onto myself that, that I should not have. And a lot of times it's other people's weight. So your girl is trying to get it together. Your girl is trying to get it together. She's trying to be free. She's trying to um, level up. She's trying to get closer to God. She's trying to be a, a better representation of this podcast. She's trying to help people the best that she can in a good way. You know, I'm trying to do something big for myself for my family and it's very very important to me and right now the only thing that's helping me is my constant prayer my constant conversations with God and just that's really it that's really it like right now you know going out hanging out doing it's 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 not what I need it's not what I need it's not what I need so that is a personal note for me that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, you know, I told you last week, sometimes when God speaks to you, 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 you just go, you just have to listen and you just go. And this is what I'm doing. He, he, I'm on his journey with him and this is where my focus is, is right now. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't want it any other way, but outside of that, On every episode, almost every episode, I'm always talking about the mental, the mental health, you know, how these prisons and, and the different things that go on behind those prison walls affects the mental of these inmates. Reading um, Albert Wood Fox story is another confirmation for me that the solitary the mental abuse the emotional uh, emotional abuse what it does to you mentally is supposed to break you that is why a lot of times people say the prisons might have my body but they don't have my mind and it's really really that serious that people really realize that your body can be locked up behind bars and in prison but your mind can go places that your body cannot go and people should really, really, really think about that. Like, 
it is a it's mental warfare when it's when it comes to these prisons you know all the things that they go through all the things that they deal with on a day-to-day basis and for someone to sit somewhere for almost my entire life I just really started thinking about oh my god this man sat in a little bitty ass room for the for damn near the time I was born up until now it's crazy that is crazy like that should be a first of all it's definitely a violation of 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 human rights hands down it is it should i mean it should be against the constitutional law i mean it's crazy that is inhumane to have a human being sitting in a room like that is complete torture i do not understand if they want to talk about getting rid of um the death penalty and things like that they need to get rid of solitary confinement now i mean if you're dealing with a real straight up eat your face hannibal lecter crazy type person i could see that i could see that that is like a um a safety hazard of other inmates and other guards you know things like that but come on like you're already incarcerated and to just put somebody in there for political purpose or political gain or to you know to show them who it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and my my heart and my hat really goes off to this man for him to be mentally strong enough do you understand how strong you have to be mentally to sit in a six by nine cell for 40 almost 44 years do you know how mentally strong you would have to be to not lose your shit not go crazy talk to yourself right on the walls damn near probably want to kill yourself that is a lot that is a lot and something really has to be done about that that's that is not right even when these jails went on lockdown and they had prisoners just in their cells and some were longer than others i mean i was going crazy i was pissed off you know to know that they're sitting in a cell they can't come out they can't eat i mean not eat but you know they can't move around they got to share this i mean this little bitty ass room with somebody else you shitting with somebody in there going to the bathroom with somebody in there you're not coming out taking showers so now you guys are smelling it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> like point blank period i can't say it any other way it's ridiculous um but the courage the courage of albert wood fox um the strength you know his family support the black panther party organization support you know got him through and um I think it's amazing for his response to be that he would change absolutely nothing. That's because he understood his purpose. He definitely understood his purpose. And um, my God, you know, my prayers go out to his family. And I, I definitely am very, very grateful for, you know, the pathway that he set out um, for the knowledge that he put out. And I will honestly be um, purchasing his book. He does have a book called Solitary. I'll be purchasing it so that I can read it. Um, but that is all I have for my thoughts, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for subscribing, for listening, for passing the word on. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. Your support means so much to me. I cannot take it for granted. I appreciate it so much. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 15 of season two. Quick update, guys. To become a Patreon, please, please go to the Patreon platform and look up Wetlock Chronicles podcast. I have a four-tier membership, $5, $10, $20, and $40. $40 memberships get you everything all of the other tiers offer. You also get free merch every three months. So please take some time out, check it out. I promise you, your money will not be wasted. Patreon, Wetlock Chronicles podcast. To promote your brand or your business, please email 1329 Media productions at gmail.com now if you would like to 
finally marry your loved one to make this a perfect union to say I do to your inmate I I ladies and gentlemen can do that for you yes if you haven't heard I am an ordained minister I can perform all kinds of services bar mitzvahs and everything so if you're interested in having me officiate your union please email wetlock chronicles podcast i do have credentials if needed but i will be so excited so honored to do this for you so if you're looking for this holla at your girl wetlock chronicles podcast if you would like to donate to support, buy your girl some coffee, maybe even some lunch. You can cash app Wetlock Chronicles. Yes, cash app Wetlock Chronicles and hook me up. The cocktail of the day, all cocktail ingredients and recipes will be on Patreon. If you are a Patreon member, you will have exclusive content, recipes, links, photos, news clippings. Everything that I talk about on here will be on Patreon. Pretty Litter. Oh my God. Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter. I finally got an order of Pretty Litter coming. Stay tuned. I will let you guys know what is what on the pretty litter. I know Penelope cannot wait to put her little feet in there and get busy. So stay tuned for my feedback on pretty litter. Please make sure to sign the petitions for Matthew Baker Jr. and Christopher Bennett. The link will be the links will be up under the footnotes of every episode as well as on the Patreon account. The book of the month and the app of the week. I am an Apple performance partner and I will be posting on Patreon my choice of the book of the month and my choice of the app of the week. So you can go to Patreon. You can find it out. I will also add it in the footnotes as well. And that is all that I have, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, You guys are truly, truly amazing. This journey has been amazing. We are five more episodes until season three. I can't wait to season three. I have so much wonderful things in store for season three. Don't forget, I have the Third Side podcast coming up, Milk and Cereal, True Crime podcast coming up. 1329 Medium Productions, we are in the building. I am building a a whole media company um, strictly for podcasting. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Where would I be without you? Where would I be without you? Thank you. This is episode 15 of season two, Wetlock Chronicles podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Anchor FM, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please be sure to follow this podcast on Facebook and Instagram under Wetlock Chronicles Podcast, Twitter, Wetlock Podcast, Patreon, Wetlock Chronicles Podcast, and you can email Wetlock Chronicles Podcast at gmail.com.